Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. On this week's podcast, we're sharing our conversation with a very special guest, someone who needs little introduction as an icon of British fashion design, Paul Smith. Hello, I'm Paul Smith. Since we founded Lecture in Progress two years ago, Paul has been a key supporter of what we do through the Paul Smith Foundation. So it was brilliant to be able to chat to him about his own alternative route into the fashion world, going from a love of cycling to running his first shop and the most important lessons he's learned so far. We'll be splitting the interview into two parts, so watch out for the second half in next week's edition. Our conversation took place in Paul's office, a light-filled space jam-packed with many of the beloved curiosities he's collected over the years. It's a room that's full of lovely, jubbly things like toys and bicycles and racing jerseys and stuff. The room is set at the top of the company's central London office, where his staff are spread across multiple stories between various teams and departments. Having set up his brand in the 1970s and with no formal training, Paul has since become a household name, with stores in over 70 countries and an incredible, long-lasting career which earned him a knighthood in the year 2000. We started off by asking Paul what his day-to-day routine looks like and where it all takes place. I leave home about 10 to 5 every morning, go for a swim about 5 o'clock every morning. I've been doing that since 1992, almost every day and do a bit of Pilates as well. But I get here at six, and then the rest is normally, there's a couple of my assistant designers who like getting in at 7.30, so my day normally kicks off around 7.30. There's about 180 of us in the building. We're on five floors. The floor below where I'm sitting are the print and textile designers, and then we've got the actual designers who design the clothes with me. Then we've got shop design, so architects and interior designers, and then we've got social media and salespeople. So my day is spent talking to any of them or all of them. So it's every hour, literally every hour until six o'clock. So it's six until six every day. Paul has an infectious love of humour and playfulness that can be found everywhere from the quirky objects dotted around his office to the now signature twists he adds to his designs. We asked him about this approach and how he feels it's influenced his own career. I think I was blessed with having a father that was very, very relaxed and very easygoing, had a fantastic uh, sense of humour, but in a very spontaneous way, not like jokes, but more he'd just do something that was very relevant to the situation you were in. And I hopefully uh, I've got some of that from him. And also I think having a character and having a really important to be able to communicate with people. And uh, often you'll see like communication is vital. And I mean, basically communication means just talking. So you know, one of the reasons why I've managed to progress my career is that I've been able to talk to people and be honest with people right from the beginning. And yes, of course, sense of humour is, in my opinion, really, really important. And I think one of the reasons why I've got a, quite a substantial business in Japan was communication skills and, and humour. And I've got you know, well over 200 shops in Japan and I've been there since 1982 and when I first went there was nobody spoke English at all. One boy, Mr. Okada, spoke broken English, schoolboy English and uh, so 
much of what it was to do with communication and bad jokes, really, and rubber chickens and a, a train set in, in a suitcase. So anybody who's listening to that may think they're really stupid things. But the point is that they are things, they're communication things, which are to do with making people feel relaxed. They never forget things like that. And off I talk about something called the squirt of lemon uh, in my meetings. And um, that's something that's really important. So what a squirt of lemon means is, is having something in your job or something in your conversation that is something that people will remember. In the creative world, not just in fashion, lots of people take themselves very, very seriously. And of course, it, there are many, many important aspects to being creative. But there's no reason why you can't have a light-hearted approach. I mean, I used to show in a, a sort of an exhibition in a hotel in New York when I started out, before I had too many sort of fashion shows, etc. And this description of Paul Smith was a light-hearted but proper approach. And I think that sort of summed it up, really. So you provide you gentlemanly, well-mannered, do things properly, don't let people down, but have a light-hearted approach. That will definitely get you through life a lot better. Born in the 1940s in Beeston, Nottinghamshire, Paul's earliest ambition was to become a professional cyclist. He describes the journey that took him from biking dreams and working odd jobs to evolving a career in fashion. I left school at 15. I think the only thing I was vaguely any good at was woodwork. I was a passionate racing cyclist from the age of 12 to 18, and that was what I wanted to do. And at age 18, after a bad crash, I entered the world of fashion. First of all, just working in a shop, and then eventually meeting my wife, Pauline. I, I was blessed with the fact that she trained at the Royal College of Art in London as a fashion designer. But during the period when they were doing couture fashion, which means making things by hand in a beautiful way and understanding how things are constructed and understanding proportion and quality. And so she was my teacher at home. So I never went to university or fashion college. So the early collections of Paul Smith were actually designed by Pauline. And then as I learned more and more from her and then eventually as she wanted to move to history of art and then going to the Slade School of Art to paint that was when I took over and so by then I had a little bit more confidence but I always relied on an overused sentence called classic with a twist my clothes were very wearable but they always had a little sense of humor or a little sense of surprise so I did rely on that as a tool to make my clothes something that you wanted to buy because I, I wasn't a real extreme designer. I was more of a classical designer. I think one of the key things about any advice I'd give to anybody who's starting out would be um, nobody needs another anything. Nobody needs another fashion designer, graphic designer, film director, whatever, because there's lots of them. And what I mean by that, I don't mean that negatively. I just mean, what's your point of view? I, as I said, left school at 15 and then between 15 and 28, 29, anything 
to earn money. So I literally packed boxes, sold things, took photographs, styled collections, designed for other people, was a colorist, fabric designer. So all those things were learning by doing it, learning your trade. So the key thing really is you've got to immerse yourself into whatever area it is that you want to do. Because today it's not good enough to just be a designer. You've just got to be far more worldly and far more aware of what's going on. And I think I did that just literally out of necessity to earn money, but also by doing it, which was fantastic. I get asked quite a lot whether there was a particular time when I felt like I'd suddenly made it. And uh, the answer is no. I don't ever think I've made it. Fashion is about today and tomorrow. So you've never made it in fashion. My business was built very, very gently and slowly. It's been very organic growth. One of the problems about having a business today is people expect success very, very quickly, and that can be really dangerous. One of the things that was the rule of thumb when I started was a business would take between three and five years to know whether it was going to work or not. But now people are looking for a return very, very fast, and that's... Uh, uh, in my opinion, not correct. I think you, you need to give things time and then you build a good foundation. So I've never really had a moment where I think I've made it. I just think you're only as good as today as tomorrow. And then a very serious sentence coming up. Nobody cares how good you used to be. As Paul's business and global reach has grown, so inevitably has the responsibility and pressures that come with big decision making. We asked him how he goes about those trickier decisions and the way he deals with stress when it arises. I think as you go through any startup of any business, then you will make mistakes. Of course you will. I mean, I was blessed with not making any serious mistakes. Learning by doing it, you hopefully at some point have experienced certain things which if you hadn't have done lots and lots of jobs, you might not have experienced. And... Um, walk like an Egyptian, that means you've got one hand at the front and another hand at the back. And the hand at the front is the purity of what you desire and keeping purity, no compromise, or your graphic design work, your fashion work. But the hand at the back is earning money to survive. By doing that, hopefully you get a more balanced uh, approach to your job, which means that decision-making mostly can be through something you've experienced already. But the key, key, key thing is when, especially if somebody challenges you with an idea, saying, I've had this really great idea, what if we do this in pink and then we do that there? And just take a breath, say, that sounds really interesting and, uh, and be, be complimentary or enthusiastic about it. And then say, I'd like to just think about it overnight and I'll come back to you tomorrow. And almost every time you'll either say no or readjust that thought. So give yourself time with important decision-making. is really important. Don't be put on the spot. Stress comes with, with life these days and taking a breath, giving yourself time to sort things out. Learning how to compose sentences is really important. So learning when to be interested and interesting learning when to talk and learning when to listen uh, and getting a balance between people you work with and yourself because we're all different and we all have strengths and weaknesses. An interview I did uh, earlier this morning was about cycling and I said that one of the things I learned from mass start riding when you, you cycle with lots of people in a race that you understand about strengths and weaknesses and it teaches you a lot about teamwork. So on the day... 
it's flat, you help the sprinter, and on the day it's mountainous, you help the climber. And that's what I do in my building all the time. And so by understanding that, you don't suffer from stress quite as much. And then humour, look on the funny side of things, and often you can not be stressed. This episode of Creative Lives was the first half of our conversation with Paul Smith, brought to you by Lecturing Progress. Tune in next week to hear the second half. The presenter was me, Indy Davis, and the editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, Heffler & Co. and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs>